resting place for me and his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. 
So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. Good evening, everyone. I'm Pastor Doug, and I just want to welcome you here to Victory Christian Fellowship. And this is our Wednesday night refreshing. Father, we're so glad and thankful that there is a river that flows from your throne. It flows down, Lord, and it brings life wherever it goes. And Father, we are receiving of your life tonight, and we give you all the glory and all the praise. And we love you, Lord. We bless your holy name. And it, it is our privilege tonight to enjoy your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Let's worship tonight. Are you ready to worship?
let's say that name tonight. It's a powerful name. Hallelujah. Jesus, your name is great. Your name is great and greatly to be praised. Oh, we worship you in this place. We worship you in this place, Jesus. Worship you in this place. Come on, let's worship him tonight. We worship you in this place, Lord. We magnify your holy name. We lift up the name of Jesus. We lift up the name of Jesus over atmospheres tonight, over territories, over our own lives, over our schools. In the name Jesus over countries. We lift up the name of Jesus from this place tonight. And we make an announcement that the presence of Jesus, it brings victory. It brings victory and rejoicing. Hallelujah. We love you in this place tonight, Lord. Oh, makes me 
thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence in our lives. Everything that the enemy wants to put in our soul, we ask you that you will seek it out. your holy name Lord Jesus 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 it's Jesus oh we worship you in the beauty of holiness Jesus 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 oh we love you Lord Jesus you. 
We want to be just like you. We adore you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you that you speak to us. Come to me, and I will take your burden. I am meek and lowly. And all those who come to me who are heavy laden, bogged down, trying to carry that burden, come to me and I will give you rest. I will cause you to enter into freedom where you don't have to carry that anymore. So come. And enter into my rest. Hallelujah. Amen. Aren't you glad that we have a God who gives us rest? Yes. He knows what it's like to be human and he knows we need rest sometimes. Amen. You may have your seats. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Just want to let you know of a few things. We're having a very special guest on Sunday the 5th. Andrew and Ann Taylor will be with us. He has a, a Bible school in Fiji and a Bible school in India, Indonesia and a ministry in India. And um, if you haven't heard him, I would encourage you to come and uh, bring a friend. And that'll be Sunday, September 5th. Hallelujah. And then we started a new thing that uh, Pastor Fiona and I, we do together on Sundays called Jumpstart Your Journey with Jesus. And uh, we're covering nine basics, and that's, uh, you can watch that on Facebook Live or our YouTube channel. And I would encourage you to check that out, share it with your friends, and uh, it'll be a blessing to you. It'll just, it's just an overview of some basic things that'll help jumpstart your journey. And it doesn't matter where you are on your journey with the Lord, but uh, we could all use a jump start every once in a while, right? Yes. Amen. So I'd encourage you to get into that. And then I uh, want to let you know that uh, the men, uh, we're going to meet uh, this coming Saturday at 8.30 a.m. for our Barnabas group meeting. It's a breakfast of encouragement. So uh, that'll be at 8.30, and we look forward to seeing the guys there, and uh, it'll be a great time. Hallelujah. And then you're giving tonight. If, you're, if you would like to give, there's freedom. Amen. You could give anytime. Uh, we have a container there and a container there. You could give online if you're watching uh, at vcfpa.org. You could send it in, mail it in, bring it in, or use it by a card. However you, send it by carrier pigeons. <laughs> Amen. What happens is when you plant a seed in the ground, it does, the amount doesn't matter, but when you plant a seed in the ground, God's going to take that seed, he's going to multiply it and cause it to grow, and he's going to send you a harvest. Yes. Amen? Amen? 
And uh, God's word works. Glory to God. Father, I give you thanks and praise for the generous hearts of everyone associated with VCF, Lord. And I just thank you, Father, that every gift and giver is abundantly blessed by you. And you provide and protect and prosper the givers, Lord. And we give you thanks and praise that your gift enhances your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, we got some awesome kids here tonight. And we want to dismiss them for, so that they can go and uh, learn about Jesus and experience God on, on their way. So kids, have a great class. Hallelujah. And, you know, we're so grateful that we have uh, the volunteers that uh, do that. And uh, it's very important. And we appreciate it very much, all those who help. Um, this could never be done by one person. And uh, we're grateful that we have a team of people, a team of volunteers. And if you'd like to uh, volunteer and you want to help in an area, we would love to have you. It's good to be a member to be able to do that. And because uh, we try not to overload anyone. Amen. All we need is someone willing to serve and, has a, and willing to learn. And uh, we'll train you and help you. Well, amen. Are you glad that you're here tonight? I don't know about you, but I want to get in God's presence tonight. We have access to God's presence wherever we are. I mean, there's no time or space. All you need to get in God's presence is faith. How many want to get in God's presence to experience his power, his goodness, his love? God's presence is very, very real. And I'm going to give you nine very simple things to help us get in God's presence. And how many of you know that God confirms his word with signs following? In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, hallelujah, the, the Amplified Bible says that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses, surpasses mere knowledge, without experience, that you may be filled up throughout your being. How many want to be filled up throughout your being? God's presence wants to permeate your being. Your mind, will, and your emotions. He He's already affected your spirit, but he wants to infuse his glory throughout your entire being. Glory to God. With to all the fullness of God, so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your life. How many want the richest experience? 
of God's presence. You know, we are entitled to it. And he says, completely and filled and flooded with God himself. Glory to God. I want to be completely flooded and filled with God. So, I'm going to go over these nine things. They're simple. You know why? Because God is simple. He's the most incredible person in the universe, but he's simple. Why? He became a man. Amen? Number one, if we want to get in God's presence, do you want to get in God's presence? You hunger for God's presence? Are you chomping at the bit, so to speak, for God's presence? Number one, you got to focus on him. You've got to take your eyes off of your situation, off of your feelings, and you got to look to him. Hebrews 12, verse 2 says, looking away from all that will distract us. And how many know there's a lot of things that can distract us? But we got to look away from the distractions. Focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the the perfecter or the finisher of faith. He's the first incentive of our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross disregarding the shame and sat down at the right hand. Would you say that Jesus was focused? And distractions tried to come, but they couldn't deter him. You know, even the Bible teaches us don't look to the right or to the left, right? But we got to focus on him. You know, just a simple taking your eyes off the natural and putting them on him changes your perspective. Just a little adjustment on what you're looking at can change the whole scenario. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. It encourages us, it says, so we look not at the things which are seen. You got to look to the invisible. Faith sees the invisible faith sees what your natural eye cannot see we look not to the things which are seen but at the things which are unseen for the things which are visible are temporal they're going to be here and gone but the things that are invisible are everlasting and imperishable, no expiration date, always going to be there with its fullness and its glory. Amen? Amen. We got to take our eyes off the natural things. If you have a pain in your body, you got to take your eyes off that pain. Put them on Jesus. Put them on healing. Amen? So we got to focus on him.
Number one, if we, if we want God's presence, and I know that we do, we got to focus on him. You're gathered here tonight in a church service. And this is not the church. This is just the, where the church meets, right? We call it the church, but it's where the church meets. God ordained the church. He set it up. It's his thing. Right? He is the CEO, the COO, everything chief about the church, that's Jesus. And he designed for his people to come together so that he could walk in our midst where two or three are gathered in mind. There I am, there my presence is. His presence is right here, right now. See, the thing about God, he can be in multiple places at the same time and he's not a split personality. He is omnipresent because he's a spirit. He's not limited by time or space. And for our benefit, he can supersede time and space. It's called supernatural. Oh, coming over the natural. Amen? So take your eyes off of today. Take your eyes off of what's going on in your life. And let's put them on Jesus just for this few minutes, few moments. Number two, you have to have faith to believe him. Everything that a Christian does has got to be done by faith. By the, by, it has to be in line with the word. Hebrews 11.6 says this, without faith, It is impossible to walk with God and please him. For whoever comes to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Do we got those kind of seekers here tonight for Wednesday night refreshing? A diligent seeker. Think of all the things that we could have been doing tonight, but we're here. And because we're here, our God is faithful. He doesn't let us down. And we're going to experience his presence tonight in a greater way. Amen? But we've got to believe. See? You can't do it without faith. Our God is a faith God. He believes in everything that he says. He, he, He does whatever he says. Amen? Amen. That's faith. Faith is simply believing what God said and and doing it. You believe it so much, you do it. Amen? So we're going to focus on him, and we're going to have faith in him. Two key elements of getting in God's presence. God's presence is available. And he's already given us an invitation. John records Jesus many times saying, come. Amen? You know, he he doesn't turn his children away. And we can experience his presence right now tonight. Amen? Amen. Third thing that we need to do is we need to worship him. We did that earlier, right? We sang some songs. You know, worship is not so much, singing is part of it, but it's declaring the worth of God. 
It's declaring his awesomeness, his incredibleness. It's telling how wonderful he is, expressing it the best way we know how. And then when we can't express it, we can speak in tongues. Or we can just act it out. Amen? John 4.23. But a time is coming and is already here when the true worshipers. If there are true worshipers, there must be false worshipers. There's a lot of people who worship false things. Are you a true worshiper? I know you are. The true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit. From the heart. We got the greatest worship conductor ever, the Holy Spirit. My goodness. And in truth, according to the word. For the Father seeks such people to be his worshipers. He is looking for people who will worship him, declare his worth in spirit and in truth. We're both spiritual beings and natural beings, right? We, we are spirits, but we live in a body. We have a natural side of life and a spiritual side of life. And God enhances both. Amen. So we got to worship God in spirit and in truth. The Father is seeking such. He's seeking those kinds of worshipers. People who will, will break through. People, you know, we, we need to know how to press in. Sometimes to worship God, you got to press in. A little dab's not going to do you. You got to be willing to press in and press through because sometimes we got to press through the natural hindrances. Have you ever set a time to pray and all of a sudden you get all kinds of distractions? Your body said, I'm hungry, I'm tired. You get phone calls that you didn't expect, right? All these things come. Anybody ever experienced that? Like, I'm going to pray and then all of a sudden you're, you're inundated with things to try to get you to not pray. And you got to push through those things. Worship is not how you feel because Paul and Silas worshiped after they were beaten and chained and imprisoned. So it has nothing to do with how we feel. And you know what? If you feel bad, the Bible says offer a sacrifice of praise. It might be a sacrifice for you, but you got to offer some praise to God. Why? Why? He inhabits the praises of his people. Praise is the activator to joy. It's amazing how your perspective over your situation can change simply by praising God in the midst of it. In the book of Esther, when they were going to be annihilated, the Jews were set to be annihilated. And because of the faith of Mordecai and the risk that Esther took, they got favor with the king and he granted them 
to defend themselves and to take the spoil of their enemies. And in Esther 9, right before this day was going to happen, Mordecai walked out in his royal apparel with his crown and his royal robe. And you know what the people did in the city? They shouted for joy. And that shout for joy inspired them to hope. And, get, and God turned the whole situation around. Instead of being annihilated, they annihilated their annihilators. How many? Come on. So we got to worship God in the spirit. Amen? Has God, is God good? Is he faithful? Is he true? Has he done something for you? Then he deserves our praise. He alone is worthy. Amen? Praise him in the morning. Praise him in the evening. Praise him all day long. Glory to God. I just can't help. I just can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name. Jesus. Come on. I just can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name. Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't be afraid. If you feel a praise coming on, let it break out. Don't hold it as a prisoner. Right now, tonight, if you feel a praise breaking out or a shout, you can do it. Amen? You know what's happening in heaven right now? Angels are worshiping God. Elders are throwing their crowns down before he's worshiping God. There's a lot of worship going in heaven. So if you don't know how to worship now, you're going to have a lot of practice when you get to heaven. So if you want God's presence, you've got to worship. Number four, if you want God's presence, you've got to move from where you are and you've got to draw close to him. It requires movement. All that means is a step towards him. James 4, 8. Draw, draw near to God or come close to God with a contrite heart and he will come draw near to God. He will what? Draw near to you. How come he said it in that order? He already moved. Who moved out of heaven to save you? Jesus already left heaven and came to earth to save you. Amen. He already moved. Now it's now it's your now the ball's in your court. You got to move to him. You got to move in the groove. Right. God doesn't want you to be a frog sitting on a log. You know, the Spirit of God has a movement to him. He moves. And you got to move with him. You know, can you imagine be, dancing with, with someone and they're leading and you're not moving? That just means they're dancing around you. When you're dancing with someone, you've got to move together. Amen? Jesus is our dance partner. The Holy Ghost, we've got to move with him. We've got to follow his lead. That movement might just be the spark that you need. Hebrews 10.22. 
this is a good Wednesday. Let us approach God with a true and sincere heart in unqualified assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What else does God got to do so that you can come to him? He did everything he needed to do to make it possible for us to come to him, so we just got to come to him. Amen? Say, I'm moving to God tonight. A fifth thing that you got to do to get in God's presence is you got to give. In other words, you got to surrender. You got to withhold nothing. You got to be all in. Amen? Why? When you're all in, just know that Jesus has the winning hand. So when you're all in for Jesus, you're not going to lose a thing. He told a ruler who came to him, what must I do to be saved? He said, well, follow these commandments. Oh, I've done that. Yeah, all those commandments that he told him were were our relationship with people, but he left out the commandments of our relationship with God. Then Jesus told him this in Matthew 19, 21. He said, if you wish to be perfect... That is, have spiritual maturity that accompanies godly character with no moral deficiencies. Go and sell what you have and give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven. How many know? How many want treasure in heaven? In order to have treasure in heaven, you've got to make a deposit. Where do you make a deposit? You make a deposit here on earth. Amen? What can I give to God? First of all, you can give him your heart. Secondly, you can give them your time. Thirdly, you can give them your talent. Fourthly, you can give them your treasure. Amen? You can make yourself available to God. What did the prophet say when he had the vision of the Lord high love? He said, here I am, Lord. What did, what did Abraham say when he said, go sacrifice your son? Here I am, Lord. Amen? You're giving yourself, you're, you're making yourself available to God. Do you get unnerved when God interrupts your schedule? And he wants to do something that you didn't plan, but something that he planned? What you going to do? Right? If you want your it, you're going to have to give your it. Give and it shall be given unto you. Whatever it is your it is. Amen? All right, number six. You got to pay attention to him. You got to listen. He has a voice. He is speaking. Right? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 says, My son, pay attention to my words. Incline, be willing to learn. Open your ear to my sayings. King James says, Incline your ear. How do you incline your ear? You keep getting closer. Do you realize the closer you get to someone, the less loud they have to speak? 
you know what spoke to Elijah sitting in a cave having a pitter party? It was a still, small voice inside of him. Sometimes if you're not listening, you're missing what that voice is saying. And if you're missing what that voice is saying, you're missing out on the blessing. We got to listen to him. John wrote in the book of Revelation to seven churches. After each message to each church, he said this, to them who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. I don't care what the flesh says, because the flesh is wrong. But the Spirit is always right. Do you have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying? You know, we got two sets of ears, natural ears and spiritual ears, right? Spiritual ears hear the voice of God. Glory to God. We can hear God's voice. My sheep hear my voice. Are you his sheep? And you can hear his voice. What's he saying to you? Do what he says. Engage God in conversation. We can talk with God. James tells us in James 1.19, let everyone be quick to hear be a careful, thoughtful listener and slow to speak. Ooh. <laughs> Two ears, one mouth. What do you think that means? Twice the listening, less the talking. Unless you're declaring the word. Do you re- have you ever heard somebody talk themselves out of a miracle? Because they start to reason? They start to, you know, and then it becomes doubt. So the seventh thing that you got to do to get in God's presence. Are these easy? Are these doable? Yeah, we can all do these. We're going we're gonna to get in his presence tonight. Amen? The seventh thing you need to do is obey him, follow him. Joshua 1.8, he told Joshua... You know, this book of the law shall not depart out. He said, you shall read and meditate in it day and night that you may be careful to do everything in accordance with what was written. God doesn't need you to add to his statement. If God gives you a word, don't make it a sentence. If God gives you a, a sentence, don't combine it into a word. Just, just listen, just take God at his word. Say, I'm ready and I'm willing to do whatever he says do. Amen. How did Joshua defeat Jericho? God told him how to do it. How did Noah build a boat? God told him how to do it. How did Jesus feed thousands of people? God told him how to do it. Guess what? Jesus had to listen to God's voice too while he was on this earth. Think about it. I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. Jesus didn't deviate from God's word at all, and we shouldn't either. Matthew 7, 21. 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. Well, in order to do his will, you've got to know his will. His word and his will are synonymous. Amen? And the only, the only way that you're going to find out your assignment is if you have direct communication with God. He has, excuse me, general things in the word, but then there's specific things that he tells you in fellowship with him. Amen? But you've got to do the will of God. Are you doing God's will? Are you where God wants you to be? Are you doing what God wants you to do? Are you the person that God wants you to be? Come on, somebody. But this is, this is access to God's presence, right? How did Enoch leave this earth? He walked with God. He pleased God. He partnered with God in his 60th year, I think it was, he began a relationship with God. And he got so close to God that God took him. One day, him and God were walking on the earth, and all of a sudden, he stepped into glory. He didn't even die. But the Bible says he had this testimony that he pleased God. God just went, whoop. Enoch's in heaven right now. Glory to God. I mean, he just sucked up in the... He, he experienced so much of God's presence on the earth, he just got sucked up in the presence of heaven. Amen? Oh, I, I can't... I, I can only have a little bit of presence. No! You're not going to have any side, ill side effects of being in God's presence. You can have as much of his presence as you want. You're going to need more than a dab. You're going to need more than a thimbleful. It takes more than one drink usually to get drunk. It takes a few drinks. I know. I've been drunk in the natural. Those are years, years ago. Years ago. All right. Oh, John 14, 21. Whew, this is good. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you ready to get into his presence? We're not just going to sit on the sidelines and watch while other people get in. We're going to get in. Amen? Don't worry about what people think about it, what happens to you when you get in God's presence either. What, what are they going to think about me? What's God going to think if you don't? I mean, real, why are we thinking about what other people think? Because you don't even know what they think. You think what they're thinking, it's not even so. It's not even true. Amen? John 14, 21, this is really, really powerful. The person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me and whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. I will make myself real to him. That, isn't that getting in God's presence? When we have an encounter with the real, pure, genuine God, don't have to manufacture it because the Bible says it's us, and we just come in by faith. 
Number eight, you've got to comply with him. Cooperate. God will not make you do anything. He always gives you a choice. I've set before you life, death, the blessing, the curse. I would that you choose life. If you don't want to choose life, he'll let you not choose life. (laughs) But if you don't choose life, you're missing out. Say it's my choice. Yeah, God God gives you the freedom to choose. He's not never going to change that. But Romans 8:29 He foreknew you. He predestined you to be conformed to the image of his son. To share in his complete sanctification. Aren't you glad? What other religion has their God, including them, in what he's given? I mean, the Muslims think they're going to die and meet 60 virgins. What a joke. You know, the Buddhist thinks he's going to experience karma. I'm going to come back as a cow. Really? I don't think so. Well, I'm going to come back as a cat. I don't think so. <laughs> You're either going to be in hell or heaven. You ain't coming back as nothing. But our God includes us in his plan. We can experience his benefits. We can experience his goodness. Amen. There's no other God that does that. Romans 10.3. For not knowing about God's righteousness, which is based on faith, and seeking to establish their own righteousness based on works, they did not submit to God's righteousness. You know, we got to submit to God's righteousness. Who's right, us or God? So why don't we just take his way, because he's always right. Our Father knows best. Amen? So let's just submit to him. Let's just come under his mission. What's his mission in the church service? To hear some drab, dry talk? No. He wants his people to experience his vibrant, life-giving, effervescent presence. It's a reality. We can actually experience it. We can have an encounter with God. And that's where the Holy Spirit, he demonstrates. It's not based on the eloquence of a man. The eloquent eloquence of Douglas Pishka, whatever it may or may not be, isn't going to get you anywhere. But the power of the Spirit will get you anywhere you need to go. And you need to put your faith in the power of God, not in me. Amen? I can't heal a fly, but Jesus can heal everything. Glory to God. And then finally, you need to have some boldness and confidence. Hebrews 4.16 tells us that we can come boldly. Every one of us has an invitation to come boldly before the throne. Where's his throne? It's in heaven. Is his throne in his presence? Absolutely. Because he's on the throne, isn't he? 
He's seated at the right hand of God. He made us to sit in heavenly places. And we got to come boldly before the throne of grace. What does that mean? We got to come knowing what Jesus Christ has purchased for us, what Jesus Christ has done for us, what Jesus Christ has given to us. That's how we can come boldly before the throne. What are you going to get at the throne? You're going to find mercy. You're going to uh, obtain mercy and find grace when you need it. You need grace today? It's right, right there before the throne. We can go get it. There's heaps and heaps of grace already for us. We just got to get it. Amen? Ephesians 3.12. In whom, see our boldness is in Christ. It's not in ourselves. It's not in what we can do. It's not in our works. It's in Christ. In whom, that refers to a person, we have, not going to get, have right now, boldness and confident access through faith in him. That is, our faith gives us sufficient courage to freely and openly approach God through Christ. Oh, my goodness. How did you all enter this building today? Everyone had access through the door. And we got, we got this door, we got that door, we got that door over there. There's a lot of doors that you could have come in. But you, get, you got access to this building through a door. The Bible says Jesus is a door. He's the gatekeeper of heaven. And we can step through the door into his presence. Let me just give you an example of someone who did this. He didn't know that he was about to encounter God's presence, but he did. You know, sometimes God will just surprise you by showing up. It's called suddenly. Sometimes there's just a suddenly. You know, Peter didn't know what to expect at Cornelius' house, but he went, and all of a sudden, there was a suddenly. The people didn't know what they were going to experience on the day of Pentecost, but they were just gathered there and praying because Jesus said so. They didn't know what to expect, but they got a suddenly. The atmosphere changed. They changed. Hallelujah. And they began to speak in other tongues. Glory to God. That was a suddenly. You know the story of Moses? He was on the most wanted in Egypt. His name was at the Egyptian, at the Cairo's post office. If you see this man, he's wanted for murder. And uh, he was, he was, taking care of some sheep on the back side of the desert. How many know whether you're in the front or the back, God knows where you are? God can reach the front and he can reach the back, right? And Moses was just taking care of his father-in-law's sheep, right? He's got the sheep there on the back side of the desert. And uh, this is in Exodus chapter 3. And he sees a blazing bush. He sees a blazing, the Lord appeared to him in a blazing flame of fire. 
God's glory is always described in light. Amen? Now, God could have chosen to come to Moses, and he, but he chose to light up the night with a blazing fire. His glory. Glory to God. From the midst of a bush, God inhabited a bush. <laughs> well, I guess if, he'd have, if he didn't inhabit a sheep, Moses might have freaked out. <laughs> he would have said, I got some talking sheep here. Get your wool and talking sheep. And so the reason God did this, he had to get Moses' attention. Sometimes God will do things to get your attention. Hey, you, what you doing? <laughs> right? And so Moses looked and behold, the bush was on fire, yet it wasn't consumed. God's presence does not do harm, but it gives life. His presence inhabited the bush, but the bush wasn't harmed. His presence is life-giving, illuminating, and attention-getting. I mean, if you're in the desert and you see a fire, it's going to catch your attention. All right? And so he noticed that the bush was on fire, but yet it was, he didn't hear the crackling of wood. But he saw the fire. And verse 3 says, Moses said, I must turn away from the flock to see this great sight. You've got to put your eyes on Jesus. Amen? Sometimes you've got to take your eyes off of your situation and put it on him. Right? When you see his glory, that's the time to look. Okay. Don't care what's happening here. I'm looking here. Right? And... Uh, while he looked, when he got his attention, verse 4, the Lord says, he turned away from the flock to look, and God called to him. Amen? When the Lord gets your attention, he'll speak to you. He wants you to focus on him, even in the service. Why? He, he will tell you things that I'm not telling you. He will show you things that I'm not showing you. That's how it works. I'm in partnership with the Holy Spirit. I didn't come up with this on my own. And in God's presence, there's dialogue. There's communication, revelation, inspiration, and direction. What did God begin to speak to Moses? Right? And Moses said, the Lord, the Lord said, uh, Moses, Moses, whoo, the bush knows my name. And Moses said, here I am. He used his faith. He responded to God with his voice. Every, every point that I just taught you is right here. Because in God's presence, there's dialogue, communication, revelation, inspiration, and direction. And in God's presence, there's reverence and respect. Verse 5, God says, take off your shoes because the place where you're standing is holy ground. Wherever God's presence is, it's holy. It's not playtime, it's holy time. Right? And uh, when we 
see God's presence, we recognize and realize and honor his holiness. I mean, I I thought about this. You know the Pope? Sometimes he has people kiss his ring. Give me a break. Could you see Jesus going around Jerusalem? I'm the son of God. Kiss my hand. (laughs) He didn't do that. So for that to be done by a man, that's not inspired by God. I could say that because I was a Catholic. And uh, Moses took off his shoes in worship. He began to worship. He honored God's request. He came as God said. He did what God said. Right? Moses gave God his attention, his obedience, and his his compliance. He obeyed God and removed his sandals. Moses gave God his attention, his life, and his trust. And uh, God told Moses what he wanted him to do. And uh, to make a long story short, God said, take this staff in your hand and go back to Egypt. And we read in Exodus 4, chapter 4, verse 20. It says this. This is the boldness that Moses exercised. Moses returned to Egypt with God's staff in his hand. Amen? Now, let me just finish up with this, and then then we're going to get in. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you certain you're ready? All right? What are you going to find in God's presence? Oh, see, if he's going to, you know, every time I went to grandma's house, she had milk and cookies. Right? There, at, at, at my other grandma's house, there was a toy chest. Those were toys just for me. And I could always go there and play with those toys. As a matter of fact, there's one of the toys that I played with as a kid at my grandma's house in Josiah's closet. <laughs> What can you find in God's presence? In his presence is fullness of joy. If you need a joy infusion, you can get joy in his presence. There's, full, there's fullness of joy in his presence, right? In his presence, he makes you joyful with the joy of his presence, right? In his presence, there's vindication. Uh, let me just say these. Um, it says, let my verdict of vindication come from your presence. That's Psalm 17.2. Psalm 23.5. He prepares a table before you in the presence. Oh, my goodness. When things are happening, God can prepare a table in the wilderness. Can God prepare a table? Can he bring water from a rock? Can he bring bread from heaven? If he can bring water from a rock, if he can bring bread from heaven, he can certainly prepare you a table in the presence. Amen? 
Hallelujah. In his presence, there's beauty. There's loveliness. There's majestic grandeur. In his presence, there's, listen, you need to have his presence as your greatest need. What, 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 a, what a scuba diver's tank is to him is God's presence to a believer. In him we live and move and have our being. Amen? In his presence, you're going to find help. You're going to find comfort. You're going to find direction. You're going to find strength. In his presence, you're going to find favor. You're going to find great blessings. Hallelujah. Whoo. In his presence, you're going to find power. In his presence, you're going to find peace that passes understanding. In his presence, you're going to find truth. In his presence, you're going to find light. In his presence, you're going to find purpose. Glory to God. In his presence, things happen. In his presence, miracles happen. So let's get into his presence right now. Let's stand to our feet. Let's focus on him. Let's come by faith. Let's worship him. Amen. Let's pay attention to him. Hallelujah. Let's offer our lives to him. Amen. Let's honor him. Let's come with boldness, with confidence in who he is. Amen. His presence. Oh, Lord, we we love your presence. We praise your presence, Lord. We long for your presence, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We've come here tonight on this Wednesday night, Lord, and we want an encounter with your presence. We want to come in, Father. In his presence, you're going to be changed. In his presence, you cannot stay the same. In his presence, things are going to happen. Hallelujah. There's going to be a spark of his glory. Glory to God. His glory is going to hit you. His glory is going to impact you. Oh, here, his glory is coming right now. He's pouring his glory on you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We come with praise and worship. Hallelujah. In his presence is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. Chalked full of goodness. Oh, his joy does the body good. The joy. Fullness of joy. It's, it's flowing right now. It's flowing and it's bubbling up. See, his joy likes to bubble up because it cannot remain You're like a percolator. You're like a Christian percolator. And his joy is percolating right now within your soul in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the presence of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's wisdom in his presence. There's solutions in his presence. There's grace in his presence. It makes up the difference. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in the name of Jesus. Shh. 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 
Hallelujah. Situations get turned around in his presence. You experience the love of the Father in his presence. And he wraps his loving arms around you. And you know that he's there. His love covers things. His love keeps things. Oh, don't get distracted from the enemy. The enemy will try to get you to lose hope. The enemy will try to get you in the mindset that it's all lost. It's not all lost. Do you not know of the prodigal son? Yes, he left home. Yes, he was far away. But I kept him before the father and he came back home. So if it's your desire, stay in faith. Don't lose hope. In God's presence, you will find energy and strength. There's strength in God's presence to hold the line. There's strength in God's presence. Hallelujah. He loves you and he knows exactly what's going on. 